Hello Husky Hockey fans, it's Weldy here. Uh, we have a little bit of a special uh, segment that we ended up cutting from the last episode, but it had a couple of funny spots and kind of a kind of a unique story about uh, older college hockey days between uh, Denver and kind of a little bit about their history that Andrew had some knowledge on. Didn't really fit with how long the last episodes were and we'll try to cut it down maybe i just need to slice and dice a little bit more in the editing room but um it was uh we thought we would kind of stick it into its own special episode so if you like things like this you know we do have an off season so if you like you know maybe we can go back to different husky hockey history or even college hockey history in general um might you know, who knows what kind of stories we'll uncover. But this was uh, kind of interesting about um, the Denver Pioneers and uh, kind of when uh, they won some of their early championships and how the, the drama and the makeup uh, of everything was. It was it was kind of fun to listen to and uh, be part of the podcast. So, yeah. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks. So right now, if you were to guess, you know, because obviously I'm not going to hold you to it at all because this is so far away. Next season, where do the Huskies end up in the NCHC? It's very early because I, I, I mean, it's it, so it depends on what they do. I mean, if they don't, hmm? I see kind of middle. Let's just say it. Let's assume they fill in these needs with, you know. Maybe they even go into the season. It's like a, it's going to be a, a tandem with Caster and someone else. That's you know, Caster esque. Uh, Dan Dunn, Mike Lee. Yeah. Or let's just say like we get like a, a Renek type, or like a Renek minus maybe just one little half step under Renek. I'd still like be in best case scenario. I think fourth or fifth place is where I'd slot them. Uh, it's it's hard to to make that leap or to make that prediction, not even knowing what. Not knowing only what St. Cloud's roster is like, but what everybody else's Whatever roster else is looking oh, yeah. like too. But that's why I'm not holding you to it. <laughs> but like you said, it's we're gonna have to have some guys step up, fill some voids here. That Perbix is a big loss. You know, Fitzgerald was almost 30, forty points that you got to replace. Uh, you've got uh, you know Henshist, obviously. Yeah, and you got you had Renak. And say what you will about him. Like I said, I wasn't like the highest fan of him, but he, he there was a, a level of stability or just that baseline expectation that you don't have right now. And and you could say that about the same thing. I'm sure Omaha fans are probably having uh, some heart palpitations right now because not only have they they lost their their goaltending, but they've got like that Primo's gone. They had a bunch of guys uh, either sign a uh, go pro or enter the portal. Um, Seems like they have a lot of turnover in, in their program. So, who, yeah, who knows? And who knows how much of a step of like something like, you know, the bottom feeders like Miami and CC make. Uh, Western seems to be a team that's probably going to be in a lot of turnover this year. You know, they're a fairly old team this year and losing guys like Adderd and some of their, you know, Frank and Warroad. Not sure if, uh, if they've announced returns or not. Bussy gone to the pros. So they're going to be a kind of another question mark team. It's hard to know until, until the dust settles, I guess I'll punt the question, but it's, it's hard for me to say right now. I mean, they were fourth place this year. 
hard for me to say right now that they're going to be above that based on the amount of needs they need to fill coming into next year. So how's that? Yeah, I was thinking middle of the pack is is where we're at. I don't think we're going to fall too far. Um, but that, again, that's contingent on our our needs being met. And and I I I don't know how far along we are at doing that. And with with what you said also about you know, other teams and and what's going to happen, uh, it, it 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 is hard to gauge. But you know I, I I want I want to believe that we will be this year. Next year will be will be this year's North Dakota, where we'll yeah. just punch above our our weight class. Seems to be like maybe the best case scenario. I'm I'm interested to see how much Denver loses. I'd assume some of those underclassmen are going to bolt, uh, and maybe maybe Corona as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they lose some key pieces. And you already mentioned that Brink is Brink is gone. So, uh, but they're a team that's shown the ability to reload Dakota. Uh, so I certainly expect those teams to to be at the top top half the conference next year and yeah we'll see kind of how that middle of the you know western cc or western uh duluth uh st cloud omaha that sort of band most volatile like i can see a lot of the high ceiling but also they got the floor potential as well a lot of variability uh with that sort of band of teams so yeah we'll see how it shakes out i heard rumblings as well that carter savoy um is going to be gone. So, um, which makes sense. Cause I don't think there's that he'll gain a lot more from, right. from another year of college with, with how dominant he was, but yeah, yeah. Denver it's, but you know, Denver, uh, what's, what's being shown is that they've got just such an remarkable ability to reload year after year. I saw a stat regarding Denver and their, really prowless when it comes to national tournament and, you know, or at least getting in the frozen four and, and, and being able to turn out frozen four victories. I mean, I think they're along the lines of they've only, okay. Denver has the six most frozen four appearances with 18 and they've, they've won their ninth. So at so it's been 50 per 50 half the time. if they've half the time that they've been to the frozen four, they've won the natty. And I can't remember. I wonder what their record is in title in title games, because I can't, I mean, nine I can't, and three, nine and, and those three must've been back in the sixties. Cause I mean, all the ones in my time, in my lifetime have been the Gwazdecki back to back. I don't, yeah, I don't remember the, yeah, the Montgomery year and this year. I mean, they lost to they lost in the Frozen Four in uh, to UMass, yeah, second uh, year of back to back. So they'll lose in the uh, semis. I, I remember some of those, but once they get to the Frozen or the uh, the, the title game, they're a pretty uh, solid bet. Twelve, twelve and six in uh, the national semifinals, and then those twelve wins turns into nine and three in the. Yeah, it's always interesting to read some of the college hockey history, like going back to the 50s and 60s, about how how we even still mention, like Michigan's got nine national titles, 
nine as well. But Michigan, seven of those were 50, 40s, 50, I think. And the fact that it was like 20 teams total played college hockey, period, back then. And just the way that the format of the tournament was, I did not know this, that, uh, you know, Denver for years, they had Murray Armstrong, their coach, for like 30 years. And uh, it was his sort of method was to the 27-year-old Canadian. They're all Canadians. They're all very old. And that was the secret to Denver's success. What I didn't know was that, I mean, very clearly, this was controversial at the time. The coaches hated that. I didn't realize to the, the, that some coaches hated that to the extent that they would not schedule Denver, uh, including John Mariucci at the Gophers. They were in the same conference. They refused, to, really? they refused to play Denver from 1959 to 1971. And so they didn't even play them in for their conference over for over decade? a decade because of the 27-year-old Canadian. And so wow. th- those, those kind of stories about the, uh, the good old days of college hockey are just... <laughs> I mean, we, we talk about, what, the 25-year-old senior now and... And then the Lucia rule and and all the sort of the little spats that that have arisen in the last you know decade or two of college hockey. Now it's it sometimes some of it pales in comparison to back in the infancy uh, of of NCAA sponsored uh, hockey. So yeah, this is number nine for Denver, and uh, it adds to that lore of of that program. Somewhat surprising that they're able to, to to do this to the extent that they have, but it's it's been a prestige program for for generations now. Pretty much ever since they went through a bit of a a lull after uh, I think Armstrong was there until the early '80s. They went into a about a decade there where they were down. Frank Saratori actually was their coach in the early '90s, and they had some bad years. But ever since Gwazdecki took over, which I think is the 93, 94, somewhere in there, uh, they've been pretty much in the tournament every year, uh, only a couple of exceptions. Now now winning a, a, another national title with three different coaches, basically, in the last 15 years, each able to sort of uh, build up their program. So I do yeah. uh, have to grudgingly uh, give Denver some credit. What years did you say did uh, Mariucci refuse to play Armstrong? It was in uh, CHN had an article that was like a, a Frozen Four preview uh, a week or so ago that I thought the years was fifty nine to seventy one. Maybe those, okay. maybe there's a couple of, of years off on that, but I thought it, I thought those years. Well, it makes sense because yeah they they didn't they didn't join the WCHA until fifty nine. Right. So it could. So yeah, it could have been they they joined they they were let in, but Mariucci I would protest it. Yeah, I would like to. I would like. I, I hope maybe there is like a book about those years of college hockey because like every time I've I've gained some knowledge about that era because I think what it was was it, it basically had it was just the WCHA and then ECAC, which was like a twenty team league at some point. Hockey East split off from ECAC in the 80s. But for a while, they were like a 20 to 24 team league. Basically, what the ECAC and Hockey East was now was a combined conference back then. I think what it was was the regular season champ and then the tournament champ, conference tournament champ. 
those each each of those leagues got two teams in, and there was one because like Michigan State won the uh, national title in something like sixty five or sixty six. They were essentially a five hundred team, but they won the uh, the conference tournament that year. But looking into it, they like matched up with Michigan, but somehow like Michigan could not play that 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 series. So they had to like shuffle it around. Michigan State was like a fifth place team. They ended up playing like a team under them in the conference uh, standings in the playoff. Ended up winning that series and then winning two games to win the conference title. And then they ended up winning the Frozen Four. Probably like the worst team ever to win a national title. But just reading about how exactly they made their run, it's like it would never fly today. Like no one would ever think that that would be legit. And yeah, just seeing some of the like just the rules and how it was all kind of, and especially when it comes to the, like the recruiting of you, you know, literally had guys that were in their late twenties uh, playing on these teams. And uh, I guess some things change and some things stay the same. Cause we, we were talking about a lot of the same issues that it's a, the details are a little bit different here and there. Uh, and yeah, maybe that's a, maybe that's a bug, but maybe that's a feature of college hockey too. It's what makes it neat. So, if anyone does have if anyone has a uh, a recommendation of like a book early college hockey uh history that would be great to that'd be love to to hear the recommendation because there's not like a great online resource i mean you can find like standings and stuff like that but as far as like the stories behind the scenes stories not a ton of that uh freely online so if anyone has any recommendation do let me know it'd be fascinating to learn more about that interesting interesting yeah, that'd be that'd be really really cool. hockey. Hockey um, is is crazy. Like <laughs> hockey hockey history. Do you do you know that the in the Olympics hockey debuted at the Summer Olympics, uh, yep. not the not the yep. Winter Olympics, and then in this so it was like the first two. It wasn't until I think the late twenties that hockey became an onside sport. Uh, so. Prior to the rule change, you could not make a forward pass. It was very much like rugby. Like that first Olympics, you look at the scores, it's all like 12 nothing scores. Because all the, the whole thing was, it would just be puck possession. Like one yeah. team could have one guy on their team, he would be the only guy, because you couldn't make a forward pass, you only got a drop pass. But if one guy just handled the puck the entire time, you could just basically just play keep, keep away the entire game. And then score a goal here and there whenever you felt like it, and then you get puck possession back, and uh, and the like icing didn't become a thing until like the forties. Uh, for a while, like I think for for a while, the icing on a penalty that was outlawed, like you couldn't ice the puck when you were shorthanded. Um, and so, like a lot of these rule changes that we just take for granted now, uh, relatively new. Uh, if relatively. you look at the whole the whole context of it, so yeah, the hockey history. Very, very fascinating. Yeah, uh, Denver's three losses in the championship game were 1963. They lost five to six or six to five against North Dakota. 64, they lost six to three against Michigan. And then in 73, they lost four to two against Wisconsin. Okay, so then. And they've won, what, four since then? So, yeah. So they've yep. gone to four title games since then and won them all. 
pretty good, pretty good track record. That that doesn't that's not terrible. The reason why I asked about um uh about that uh what year was that is because in sixty one they did play Minnesota in the national tournament. I think see I think lost. I think the rule was regular season. I think he had to yeah. play him. It, it, he couldn't uh, Mel Pearson out of the tournament then. I suppose <laughs> yeah, well, um, didn't have any. Uh, who who up until now still does not have a contract for next season. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So that year they went. <laughs> they went thirty-one and one. Uh, they beat Minnesota six to one uh, in the semifinal, and they beat St. Lawrence in the championship game twelve to two. Yeah, so that, you think five I'll nothing to, was bad? <laughs> I'll have to. Some of those early early championship games were kind of lopsided affairs like that. I'll have to. I'll have to dig up that article that uh, was on CHN because um, there was one of those years where it was Denver, Dakota was the Western teams and the Eastern. It was one of the Boston um, frozen fours because even like the Boston papers, because that was when they still had a consolation game between the two. Yeah. Losers. They still had the third place um, game. Yep. And one of those years, like the late six, I think uh, they Boston papers, like ignored the title game and they featured the third place game because they thought that it was all because the Western teams had the old guys, the old Canadians, and that the, the Boston or the Eastern teams had the young Americans. And they thought that was a more legitimate uh, showcase. So they like put that above the, above the actual title. And there was also something like uh, they would play, they wouldn't play the two semifinal games on the same day. They'd play one on Thursday, one on Friday. And then the championship game would be on Saturday. I just, I read that and Matsko's head, I think, exploded in tribute. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about that too. It was, you know, I, I'm surprised Matsko actually, we haven't heard anything about why, uh, you know, the, the other game went into overtime. That's why we lost. We didn't have, <laughs> my schedule has been all interrupted. So, well, that was just a little fun aside uh, that we, had in the episode but didn't really fit and i wanted to just kind of throw it up in this uh special episode thank you so much for listening you know anytime that we can do kind of one more pot shot uh, maybe at matsko and his rules i think is uh is fair game right i'm sure you guys would all agree um so uh thank you for listening and we'll see you next time bye